Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show with Nancy Hopkins, Walt Silva, and Dolly Howard. This is a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show on December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is um, Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Dolly, I think you're here, yes? I know I know Walt is. Is Dolly here? Yes, I am. Okay. Hi. Okay. okay. All righty. So, um, and um, Walt, how are you doing tonight? Oh, very good, thank you. It's ISIS. I posted a reminder on the uh, on the radio chat. Oh, okay. I, I posted a reminder to people remember what uh, the message of the sheriff last Saturday that even super soldiers need love. Oh, cool! Thank don't you. Don't forget. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Where did you go? Awesome. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like Dolly might have just got up. Did you take a nap? No, I didn't get a nap. Um, between Russell and and Doc, I I didn't get a nap. Oh. <laughs> and I got groceries that will be delivered. Uh, and um, so uh, that'll just take a few minutes for me to go get them from the door. Um, but Russell's out trying to do a run, see his runs, and uh, Doc is out <coughs> getting into. All sorts of stuff. So I'll be uh, here and there. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I had a weird thing happen earlier today. We did the Shungite show on Skype, and then I went on Zoom and um, was uh, simulcasting from the Zoom station uh, Derek's show that was live on YouTube. But when I went back to the station, it did not... It, it said it was, first off, it said it was offline. Then it said it was online. It wasn't playing anything. It was silent. I was like, I've never seen this happen. I had no idea what to do about it. So I just went live again. <laughs> and I'm telling this mostly for my audience out there. So um, I've been running live out of this computer, which means that I could not edit the first two shows. <clears throat> so the schedule is going to be delayed. I hope that the station will come back. I don't know why it wouldn't, but uh, freaky stuff is happening. I'm telling you, weird, weird stuff. Well, you and the guest both sounded like you were in a, an echo chamber. It was, we could hear, um, but it was just distorted. Uh, but Derek and Julissa were okay. So yeah. that was strange too. Oh, it was something that he, the, he he was taking the Zoom signal and then putting it through his computer. Well, Zoom is in his computer, out to YouTube. For some reason, that YouTube thought, and it might he, he was doing Zoom and YouTube at the same time, and it's conceivable he didn't have enough bandwidth. 
<clears throat> and that there was some kind of a delay. But if he if he sounded fine, if they sounded fine, who the who knows what happened? Yeah, well, everybody's having computer issues these days. Not uh, internet issues. But our tarot reader Janine, she said that that was going to happen. Oh, mm. that's couple, true. A couple of uh, shows ago, she was yeah. talking about that. Right. So, so we've an- been an- another check on her. Her her being a, a good. <laughs> you know, did you did you happen to notice, Walt, that there is a? Um, uh, I don't know. ABC maybe ABC uh, video on her station that is from like 2016 or something, and it. Ouch. Hey, all right, mute yourself, please. I'm sorry. Yes, I am. Did uh, she sneeze? No, they stuffed up with a dog. So, oh, so um, anyway, it, it's a, a. She apparently was on ABC because she had predicted the election. There's a little video, and I I, I saw it just when I was doing stuff today, and I said, "Oh, I gotta see that." So on Janine, Janine, uh, Tarot by Janine, I think it is. Anyway, look at the promo. Did I put the promo up? Probably not. Okay, let me look and see and get the promo up. Uh, Yasmin is saying, it's ironic we get bumped up to 5G and all the internet connections get worse. (laughs) And so do the people around the 5G. Hey, Mona's in there. Hi, Mona. I'm going to be on Mona's show Thursday at 2 to 4 p.m. EST. Hi, Mona. Uh, I haven't seen you in ages. Uh, she's been... Uh, when? You're going to be with her Tuesday? When, Nancy? Thursday, Thursday. What time? Two to four. Okay. Two to four, y'all. Thursday. Okay. I'm, I'm putting up the... <clears throat> I forgot to do this. I had a few things to do, like feed the dog... <laughs> <clears throat> okay, this is um I, I well, uh, again, because it was everything got really strange today and I couldn't use my computer to do this. Um we're going to listen to a couple of Janines. Okay? And one of them is the Maxwell trial, Truth and Fiction. That was from yesterday. And then there's one from 4 days ago, Trump interview making moves going pl- public. Uh, so I thought, okay, we can we can play those if you guys want to. I mean, it's up to you guys. Yeah, the Trump interview was interesting because uh, the interviewer apparently is is uh, some kind of correspondent or uh, he's he's an old hat at this, and Levine? he played it very. Uh, no, he is he is like a French last name. Oh, the guy okay. who interviewed him. Okay. And. Uh, he played, according to her, I didn't see the, she see, saw the interview, I didn't. She, uh, he plays it very cool, but he's already, according to the cards, he's already well informed on the alliance and the black hats and the white hats and, and everything. So uh, it's interesting that it, the interview is actually more to for testing the waters of how the public is than, to, than, any, than any reveal. Uh, they're they're kind of const- constantly sampling the collective 
to see what's people's reaction like because uh, as time has passed, more and more people are joining the the collective knowledge of how things are really like like in the beginning. <laughs> so many people were uh, in, in, enamored with the uh, this. Biden, what is it? Biden, Biden. I don't. I don't. I Biden, never. I can never Biden, get this. Biden, 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 Biden. Ever since uh, he supposedly won, <laughs> more, more people <laughs> well, some, are changing. Somebody started calling. <laughs> somebody was calling him the res, resident Biden. <laughs> resident Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Okay, so shall we just do that, the Trump interview? Shall we do it? We shall. Shall. All right, All right here we go. Yes, remember, both of them. Okay, yeah. but well, we're going to do the Trump one first. Um, but remember that I have not uh, edited this, so there's going to be uh, interruptions with the uh, ads, but I'll get them off of there just as soon as I can. One simple trick to sort all your like photos this. from all your devices instantly. <laughs> National Institutes indicate that 93% of Americans... Hi there. Welcome back to Tarot by Janine. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. I just finished watching that interview. Mr. T being interviewed by that UK, very famous... um, I don't know if he's a journalist or exactly what to call him, but he obviously interviews a lot of really famous people. Farage... Now, I don't know if I said his name right either, <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's it's all over the place. You'll see it. So think that guy, Farage, I'm sure you'll correct me, actually flew to the U.S. for that interview, I think. Anyway, very interesting. So I got a lot of questions. What does that fellow, Farage, what does he think of Mr. T.? What does Mr. T think of him? So we're going to look at their relationship. Like how well do they really know each other? And and sort of what are their secret thoughts about each other? So Mr. T in the interview. So of course he always he always starts with shenanigans that went on in November last year. So they talked, you know, at length about that. And for the most part it looked like it was it was almost like common knowledge. On Farage's part, Mr. T, he always talks like it's common knowledge that that was a shenanigans and, um, you know, that there was uh, a theft. Okay, he always he always makes that really clear. But it felt like uh, the other fellow interviewing also seemed to, for the most part, agree. Okay, he wasn't grilling him or anything. He wasn't uh, coming from convince me kind of attitude. He looked like he agreed. Uh, just energetically. Okay, so that was interesting. Um, then Mr. T went on to uh, quite praise the Queen. Now, okay, that was interesting. So was he just being polite and a good politician? Or does he actually really feel that way about the Queen? What does Farage think about the Queen? Because they both were just give, giving her all the uh, nods, you know what I mean? Is that because it w- it's not popular yet to say the other things? What strategy was that, or was there a strategy in place? And it was interesting, a slight sort of little shade thrown on Prince Charles, 
you could tell exactly what, even though Mr. T, he's slick, I got to give it to him. Right. But you just in, just in the tone, you could tell what he really thought about that. Then he starts about Harry. So he's always like, he thinks Harry made a big mistake with Megan. Okay. And he doesn't really like Megan. So what is he really, what's he getting at there? Because I want to know, what does he really think of Megan and Harry? Does he know that they've been taken care of? Like, was that just a big show? <laughs> I'm thinking it was, but who knows, right? Is he just going to let the information come out in due course? We're hoping sooner than later. Or does he have a deal with uh, the Queen, for instance? Because there were rumors that maybe they made a big deal with the Queen. Maybe the deal was, okay, you can't out me for who I really am and what I really am until a certain time. Or was there a deal struck that maybe the, the real truth about her will never come out? I really hope that's not the case. And then what does he really think of Boris? Because he, did, he didn't really sing his praises or anything, but he... But he you know, gave him the nod and said he'd always been friendly with him, but he didn't agree with, uh, he thinks he's way too left these days kind of thing. And that was about the worst he said about him. But he was all around fairly polite about everybody, except, you know, Mr. B. He was definitely not gracious about Mr. B and team. Okay. So I want to know, was he just playing politician or uh, literally does he believe everything he said? Like... <laughs> especially around what he thought about the Queen. Was that a timing thing? Why did they time that for the 1st of December? Because December's the big flip date. Sometime in December, the whole narrative's going to flip and they're just getting everybody uh, prepared to seeing international Mr. T. <laughs> What's going on with that? Why the interview now? Or was that just, it was just a fluke. But we're going to start with what did this Farage... I hope I'm saying his name right. And Mr. T really think of each other. What's the relationship between those two? They seemed like they had a good rapport. And Farage was absolutely not grilling him or putting him on the hot seat. Yeah, he wasn't asking him really grilling questions, I thought. It was interesting. It was more about, wow, we haven't seen you in a while. What are you up to? And what do you think of this and that, right? It was very cordial. And he really let Mr. T have the floor, I thought. So a lot of respect there, or so it seems. So what's really going on there? So we're going to look at their relationship first, and then we'll move on to those other things. Wow. So Farage, Farage, uh, he actually likes Mr. T for the most part. We've got the Knight of Cups. So the Knight of Cups is a bit fickle and uh, he's hot and cold. And generally speaking, went in there, heart out. So going with his heart, following his heart. So he actually likes them. And the rapport between them. So this is Farage and this is Mr. T. Okay, so Mr. T was more on the fence. So he, and even he was leery about doing this. So I don't know. Um, well, one of them was leery about it. I'm thinking it was Mr. T. And then we've got that sun card. So, but that actual rapport once he got in there, uh, but he wasn't sure about this interview right up until doing it. And then the rapport turned out really good. So that's, that's interesting. And we've got the high priestess. So there was all kinds of things not said. And it feels like there was all kinds of signaling to various different groups. Okay. So we've got the world and the judgment. Okay. So 
this might speak to, um, okay, I feel like uh, he's ready to take the world stage. We've got the judgment card, testing the waters for world stage. So they're putting something out there by doing this video. They're putting something out there and testing the waters to see if, uh, how, how does the world take to Mr. T? How many people are going to watch this? Uh, it's, it's because a really big event is coming that it will involve Mr. T, it looks like secretly in the background, something's going on and, uh, they want to test the waters to see just what would people think about it. Okay. It actually looks like Farage might actually be quite friendly towards, like the more I layer this, the more he looks like he's actually got Mr. T's back. So that's interesting. And we've got the nine of cups. So Mr. T might just because of all his experiences in the last, especially like five years, <clears throat> just not really trust anybody. So he was really happy with the interview, it looks like. But he was hesitant and a little bit nervous going in. Well, ner just nervous or he wanted to control it, it looks like. And I think he got his way here. And when you watch it, it does look like he was really in charge, but he wasn't pushy. I didn't feel pushiness, but I did see that he he, ha he really had the floor. Okay, so that's interesting. Now let's look at, let's first start with what does Mr. T really think is going on with the queen? How does he really feel about the queen? Right, of course, he can't out the queen for all, you know, she's been up to. Oh, Oh, I did see one signaling, I thought, around the queen. So when he was talking about the queen, he said, in all of those years, not a single step wrong or whatever. So that she had no um, issues, right? She was basically a perfect uh, queen, really, right? Uh, she, she had had no, you know, raisy eyebrow situations. Okay, well... We know that's not true. There's been so many, okay? And so that was either incredibly generous on his part. And I know a lot of people agree with him there, but was he really speaking what he thought? Or was that a calm? Because so much is about to, I think, in the next year or two anyway, because I don't think they'll spill it right away. But I think eventually they're going to. And um, and, and it's it's been coming out nonstop about the whole all the royals, all the royal families, frankly. So all of that, I don't think they can keep that under wraps too much longer. So why would he say that? Okay, because that's none of that was true. Even even like he didn't need to say that. So I thought that was a signal that, wow, wait till you hear what we got on the queen. You know what I mean? I, I almost felt like that was a little bit of play there. Okay, so let's see if I got that right. Or does he really actually believe? So we'll put Mr. T first and then what he really thinks about the queen. Something that was once done only by men could be the key to taking years off your appearance. Believe it or not, this is. So Mr. T, so we've got the emperor. Well, he's absolutely that card. And what he thinks about the queen. Okay, they have an agreement that things will come out maybe a year later, and it's not going to be Mr. T telling you about the queen. 
Okay, so Mr. T is sticking to and being integral to an agreement that they made. Now, this is interesting because a long, long time ago, when I was really looking at the situation over the last couple of years, I would do weeklies on, you know, the royal family. And often we'd look into things like this. And it did look like at some point. Okay, do you remember when Mr. T visited there last? And the the, the rumor was that uh, the royal family, in particular the queen, capitulated at that time. Okay, and the and she hadn't after that ever worn the crown jewels or any of the regalia. There was a whole bunch of uh, really weird things happened after that where none of her usual things in public, like she wasn't seen ever again in public in the regalia. She might like to open parliament and things like that. So there was a whole bunch of things after that that started to give us the idea that she'd absolutely capitulated. But at that time, I got that they'd made a deal. So there's a back deal and she was making deals and agreed to step down. And she was for a while uh, held somewhere and then made these deals. And she wanted some, some part of her family to go forward and still have a ruling place. So that was interesting. I don't know if that's how the deal went down or what what exactly the deal is, but they have a deal that he is absolutely not going to be the one personally who comes out and tells you who the queen is, okay? That's going to come from, and it could even come from, wise this wise ancient soul energy. So in other words, a group with with possibly really wise. So I'm thinking white hats. So I'm thinking Mr. T is not going to be the one telling you things like that or telling people things like that. He's going to let the alliance out with that. And it might be a year later that they do. So they're giving her a little breathing room here. Who knows what falls in place in that time, but she absolutely didn't want this coming out for a while. So she wanted a little time and it looks like she must have agreed to something that they, you know, they got some kind of uh, goods out of it too, because an agreement was struck and he's being true to his agreement. So he's being diplomatic about her and he's going to let somebody else tell you about who she really is. It's not going to come from Mr. T. He's going to play, play like he's as surprised as anybody. So, wow. Okay. That's totally interesting. Okay. So let's look at what does he think of Boris? Mr. T, what does he really think of Boris? Nine of wands. He finds him very trying. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this is interesting. Real Boris is up facing judgment. He's he's, uh, probably at one of the spas Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not talking about real Boris here. Okay, so he's just playing nice until everything comes out. So none of what he said about... In fact, it looks like he was quite disappointed even in the real guy. You know, things got really not very good here. Yeah, he's just playing nice in the meantime, but he's going to, again, he's going to let other people out with. So he's playing politician. And you're going to find out about all of these people from another source, and it won't be directly from Mr. T. Now I want to know, 
did Farage, Farage, does he know about the White Hats and the Alliance? Does he believe in that? Does he believe that exists or does he know about that? Does he know about the things we think we know about? Like, is he on board with those things? Let's ask that. Yeah, he absolutely knows. We've got the justice he knows about. Yeah, he's in on a lot of, like, he knows about this. He does. He absolutely does. Okay, but he's going to come across like he doesn't. He doesn't know anything. And he's going to act as surprised as anybody when it all uh, comes clear to, like, he's going to act like he had no idea. I, I bet you will have a lot of people doing that. Okay. See that card there? He's a little, he was even a little nervous about doing the interview uh, because, you know, I think he, he slants towards wanting to be really an honest, integral person. And yet he's literally play acting in the interview that he doesn't know and that he really thinks the queen's good. And yeah, I feel like that was a little tough for him. I think he, naturally he would prefer it uh, to be more in the open but that they can't do that. Okay, so we've got the star. Yeah, it was a little bit out of his comfort zone doing the interview. And to be honest, I thought I saw that in his energy field. I didn't think he was as, as in sort of in charge as normally I bet he is. Uh, for, for a guy with a huge reputation like he has and has interviewed so many people. Yeah, that would that does make sense. Okay, now the last thing I want to ask is, what does Mr. T really think is going on with Meghan and Harry? Like, Mr. T and what he knows about Meghan and Harry, what's really going on there? Oh, yeah, he knows exactly what's going on with Meghan and Harry. And he also knows that they're going to be, when things come out about them, it's going to be very disappointing when they find out what these guys have all been up to. Yeah. So he's actually really happy. He'll be very happy, it looks like, because that four of wands is like a breakthrough. He'll think it's a great breakthrough when the real truth comes out about certainly Meghan and Harry. He seems to actually truly, genuinely not like Meghan. So he wasn't, that wasn't part of the movie, that part. He really didn't like Meghan. Okay, but he knows whatever's really going on with Meghan and Harry, he knows exactly what it is. So he's totally up to speed on that. Okay, so we've got the eight. And yeah, he knows they're long gone. And they're just talking points at this. <laughs> they're literally just talking points. Yeah, he knows that that's just part of the act. And he needs to do that. Because, you know, you can't just spill the beans on national television like that, on that kind of, it's not time, it's not time, but it's very soon to be time. It's very soon. And he's kind of excited for everybody else to learn about what really didn't. In particular, it looks like Megan's really like, so he genuinely doesn't like her. He never liked her. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now, let's ask, what What about the timing of this interview with this world-class guy interviewing them? Famous guy, UK. Why did they choose that? Why did that guy interview? What was, was that a big calm? Was that a big signal? I mean, I saw some signals in there. We see that there's uh, some things going on. What about the timing 
you know, is that sort of signaling Mr. T's about to come onto the world stage in a big way? Or was that just a fluke that December 1st, this interview's planned? Like they must have planned it a long time ago. Is this, is this a big shift in the movie coming right up and, and we're getting the heads up? What's going on? Wow. I think they're testing the waters. I think it was a test to see how many people are going to view that. What are the comments? What are people saying about that interview? They're testing the waters. Uh, they're looking at and testing the waters around. Yeah, he's preparing. So there's a strategy to rebirth him. So they're going to rebirth uh, Mr. T. So in a new role, so he won't just be what he was before. Uh, they're going to rebirth them on the world stage, like I said, I believe anyway, uh, because once everybody knows about what's been going on, or it just even has a little bit of the information, okay, uh, they're going to need to, um, they're going to need to accept somehow, because he had a lot to do, like at least he was the front man for what we call the alliance. So if, if all of that stuff's true that they've been up to in the background, people are going to have to be okay with that. So they're testing the waters to see in the world stage uh, because a year or two ago, he wouldn't have, he, well, they wouldn't have even had that interview. Um, and I feel like they're just seeing uh, how far along are we with the rest of the world and what they think. Yeah. So this was a big test. This is a big test. And uh, it's part of them deciding exactly what happens next. So it's one of, it's a strategy and a test. And I said, how did it go? Well, we've got the sun and judgment, the sun and judgment. So the sun is obviously really good. Popularity wise, I feel like he, he felt really good about it and his team felt really good, but they're still deciding exactly like judgment, like daily, hourly, they could be coming together going, okay, when's a good time to flip this whole narrative? Okay, I feel like they're, they're so close to flipping everything and they just need everything lined up to do that. And that's what that interview is really about. Yeah, there was some signaling, but it was more about a test run to see how does he do on the world stage? Like, what are people saying about it? What is the, the world? Are they ready for this? Thank you so much for watching my video and do like, share and subscribe if you haven't already. Bye bye. Okie dokie. And we are back. Well, I'm I'll back. be right back. Oh, okay. Uh, Walt, you're, you're here, right? Yes, Walt. <laughs> yes, I was muted. Oh, okay. Okay. She She's really... Um, Fun. Better than Fulford, don't you think? <laughs> we, yes. We used to do this with Ben Fulford for a year or so more. We, we, yeah, unfortunately, we, unfortunately, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. What, I, what uh, turned me off on Fulford is that I started getting into the habit of dowsing the article. Like, okay, how much of this is accurate? How much is this? And I get, and I kept getting such low numbers. I said, this isn't even worth reading. It's, it's just, uh, I, I don't know what the idea behind him writing the way he wrote, if it was meant as a, a clue.
if it was some was things were being written for a specific audience uh i don't know but it got to the point where this isn't worth reading it's like i'm i'm getting maybe 20 out of this whole thing maybe 20 percent is accurate or true so i'm filling my head with this information so why bother uh so that that turned me off yeah we we well, even when we looked at it, because sometimes we'd say, well, let's just look at it and see what he wants people to think about, think. You know, because that gives you an idea of what might not be true. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and it, no, it got to be too much. But she's, um, she's fun. And she, she knows enough about what, what we call the Matrix. Oh, the Matrix has got a new movie coming out. Did you hear about that one? Yeah, it is. Uh, it they bring some characters back because if you if you remember if you saw the the first three movies, in the third movie, the character because if you for those who have followed the movies, it uh, at um I think it was in the in the second movie and the in the second movie the audience is made wise to the information that. Neo is not just one one Neo. Is that every so often there's a, what is it an anomaly, and this character keeps getting born, and it's Neo. So as so, if you have seen the third movie, you are made aware that there have been several Neos, always coming back, always trying to you know break the the whole matrix, and so in the uh, for those that uh, I'm I'm sorry if I have to say this for those that have for those that have not watched the original three films, if you remember at the end of the third film, uh, Neo dies, you know Trinity dies, and uh, and he dies. So that that the uh, the end result result was the architect. Had a conversation with the um, what, what was the, uh, her name? The Oracle, and uh, he agreed. She she asked something along the lines, "But you're going to free all the humans, correct?" Because he gave his word that he was going to free them from the Matrix, and he says, "Of course, I'm not human," meaning that he he doesn't know how to lie. He said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. He's not human. He's not going to lie, which is what humans do. So I don't know if you remember that part. So I don't know why or how, you know, what I don't know how they've changed the storyline to justify him being born again and Trinity being born again. Of course, they can't deny that the actors are obviously older. <laughs> that goes without saying, but uh, I don't I don't know. I, I, I have no idea how they've weaved this story or what justifications they've made for it. Yeah, or being reprised. I, I don't know. Maybe it was it was just so profitable that it's uh it's too good to pass up. Well, <laughs> on, on the other hand, it's um, disclosure. I mean, it, we we continually reference the blue pill, red pill. We continually reference matrix concepts. It was to me a, a message that you're in a matrix. Figure it out, and. Mark uh, Joseph was talking about the uh, movie, and he saw a trailer or something. I don't know. Oh, somebody saw it. 
already or something. But anyway, supposedly in like the first 10 minutes, there's a tremendous amount of disclosure that goes down. So mm -hmm. it might be something that people want to pay attention to. Not that well, I go so to you, the, not that I go so to the movies. <laughs> so you think the movie might be a, a platform of sorts to kind of get people like they said the same way they have the uh, in Netflix has an animated series called Inside Job. I only watch one episode, the first episode. Uh, Janine mentioned it. It is not bad in the sense of um, bad quality writing or bad animation. No. What turned me off is that it's so true. <laughs> oh, God, uh, it's, it's so real. They're, they're super exaggerating many things in it. That goes without saying. It's like a slapstick theater, how many things have been exaggerated. But things that you know are true. I said, oh, this this is. A, I found it not not scary, but I found it so depressing. Okay, this is depressing because I know it's true. <laughs> so, uh, if you feel, I don't know if you have access to Netflix, but they they are showing it. It's called Inside Job. So, what was the other movie y'all were talking about? The new the Matrix. Matrix, the fourth, the fourth Matrix. I don't know if, if oh they, they the it. Matrix one. Oh. So that would be worth going to see. Uh, well, theater, or theater, well, you live in Florida, so theaters are open in Florida, right? Not every state has movie theaters because there's just social distancing and masking and all the other crap. I guess oh. it depends on what state you're in. Oh, I haven't heard that anything shut down here. Okay. We have a good governor. The nation of Florida. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's good or not. I'm <clears throat> just saying, relating that Mark said that there was, he had heard that somebody said there was a lot of disclosure in the first 10 minutes of it. And, um, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's good sci-fi, but unfortunately it also seems to have an awful lot of truth to it. The Matrix. It gave us some fabric of a storyline to be able to say, well, are we in a Matrix? How much programming is really being done? And, um, yeah, it's an interesting... But I, I, I think that... Well, we were... Who is it? I'm trying to think. Okay, so... It, all right. I, tomorrow we have Radio 5G. And Mark and I have already done the show. It's pre-recorded. And it was a very interesting segment that we had uh, an interview between... It was an hour interview. And Mark Steele was there with two other guys, Ken and Nicholas. And they got into a discussion about spirituality, that this is really a spiritual war, and which is something that you hear more and more, that there's it's a spiritual war. That dog is sure drinking a lot of water. <laughs> you can hear her. Um, I started giving him some greens, and ever since he's gotten the greens, he's maybe he's growing a garden in his stomach because he drinks a lot of water. I don't remember him drinking that much. Anyway, so well, did they make him? Um, did they make it hard for him to go to the bathroom? No, I don't to think poop? so. I don't think so. Oh, okay. 
I've never seen his poop. He goes off into the yard someplace and poops. I don't, I've never seen it. I know I should. Bless his heart. <laughs> but, you know, I'd have to follow him. and <laughs> it's, it's just I figured if he's going to be sick, he's going to tell me. Anyway, but he's not sick. He's doing good since he got the greens. And drinking a lot of water is a good thing for most, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and he's eating more. I mean, he, he <laughs> he's come alive. My He was getting old. He looked old to me. And Jan uh, Shaw recommended these greens for for dogs. And um, they're actually people quality food. <clears throat> so, anyway, I started giving it to him, and he's his appetites come up, his energy levels come up. It's it it's really truly a good supplement. But he's like eight years old, so you know I think he kind of just like the other old parts in the room <laughs> might need some supplements. Uh, so um, anyway, so I so. Today we had um, uh, Kate uh, Ferovich, Kate Ferovich on, and she is the woman that um, was talking about the biogeometry, ge- ge- Walt, you know, mm-hmm. biogeometrics, ge- and she had an interesting um, situation with 5G. They put a 5G antenna, well, the whole system in their neighborhood. And the first night that the they put this cell, one of the, one of the smaller ones, but right you know near her house, um, her boyfriend and she didn't sleep well that night, and he also got a headache. And like the next day, they left the area to go to a restaurant, and when he got back near the cell, all this five G that insisted out in Los Angeles, under the Hollywood um, sign, <laughs> Hollywood Hills, and so. As they got back into the neighborhood, he got the headache back. But they noticed that the right where the poles were being put in and everything, there was like she said that they they were about four foot deep holes left open, and they could see the wires and everything else. So the boyfriend and her go back to the house, get a bunch of shungite, and they started throwing three shungite in every open hole they found. And his headache went away, and they slept fine. Uh, so apparently, and she was taken. She took biogeometric ge- ge- measurements before she did everything. Before she threw it in any hole, she'd take a reading, know it was terrible energy, and then they'd throw the, the shungite in there. And not only was it uh, biocompatible energy, but it was actually beaming better energy, stronger energy. So, um, positive energy, B, uh, BG3, I think she calls it. So, um, so there we have some kind of, uh, real, well, in our, in our world, <laughs> you know, as empirical information as you can get on the fact well, that. Well, yeah, I, I got similar, not, not biogeometric information, but my first experience with 5G was before there was any 5G here, there was a 5G deployment in Singapore. And uh, a customer bought one of my resonators, and immediately she felt the difference. To that. in fact, I, I don't know if I shared with you the photos. She made a like a purse for the resonators. So wherever she went in the city, she went with it because immediately she felt the difference 
how good it felt with the with the resonator present because you felt the pressure when the the 5G was deployed. And recently, a lady here, I haven't seen any in my area, but uh, she lives in downtown Minneapolis, and she says they ever since they deployed 5G there, she can't get a good night's sleep because she, in fact, she's got no Wi-Fi in the house because she's so sensitive to it. So I made her uh, one of the, my resonators, and she sent me a letter that uh, for the first time she was able to sleep all night and the house feels clear and the and and like like when you're out in the in the country where you, the air feels so clear and clean is like a day and night difference from what it was before and that's that's not and and the resonator doesn't get thrown in into the you don't need to throw it into the ground it's sitting on a on a shelf or on a table somewhere in your house so that is proof, well, to me that's proof positive the shungite is amazing in what well, it does well yeah but when you, when when you're using the resonator you're not using just i mean what what i find you know exciting about it is it was just nuggets it was not a resonator it was not a device in and of itself but the i think because it's been imbued with that new cosmic blue energy that the, the, the nuggets themselves can make the attenuation without any mm-hmm. further ado. Um, and m- m- it, what was exciting about it was it was four feet down, so it was damp soil. Mm-hmm. You know, and once you got the soil that's that's moisturized, you got a medium that, you know, Shungai's just going to take off on. And so... They, what they what we were doing in the Shungite show was actually tying in the uh, eagle system with what she did there, <clears throat> you know, and uh, you know telling people that you can you can do this. You don't need to go and find these things. We can reprogram them just by you know focusing Shungite energy into them, and they'll at least become biocompatible. They're still dangerous as hell, but at least they're biocompatible. But that was an exciting thing that, and, and you know, and she she admit she admits well, you know, that it it the whole thing felt so contrived. <laughs> she, she because you know they don't normally go to a restaurant, they're not normally out in the streets at that late to see the holes with nobody around so that they could throw this stuff in there, and she had also had a uh, reading by. Uh, uh, one of the people that had been on um, Derek's show, oh, I'm trying to think of her name. Um, anyway, she, I apologize if she's listening, but um, she, Lola uh, Singer, Lola Singer, thank you. Um, so the Lola does these uh, amazing spirit portraits. You know, she'll focus in on somebody and create these wonderful. Uh, portraits of guides that she identifies and the guide that she identified when she did the spirit drawing for uh cat was then then lola will do like a uh you know i think of it as translation you know that she's listening to the guide and and telling uh telling cat what she's saying and cat was being you know directed to work closer with nature to, to get involved with nature and so that backstory of her being 
meeting a guide that's explaining that, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're throwing shungite into four-foot holes because there's 5G going in. It, you know, sounds like thought and action to me. <laughs> there is no coincidence. It's thought and action. So, anyway. Something to think about. All these different ways of making changes. So what do you think, Dolly? Are you back? Uh, oh, yeah. I just got back. I got the groceries put away, and I got... Uh, Doc is eating. That, that little boy. He definitely knows what the statement, Doc, you want to eat, means. <laughs> he goes absolutely insanely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And he eats it within two minutes, if even that long. Such a stinker. So I got everything done I need to leave for. Well, he can't be eating that much. He's only five pounds, right? Right. He only eats what I can pick up when you put your thumb to your fingers and there's that little space in there. Uh, you hold your fingers so they're pointing down toward the ground I pick up the food and it it goes in that empty space between my fingers and my thumb and it's in this little teeny tiny bowl and then I add the supplement to it milk supplement for the puppies and he gets fed three times a day that amount Jeez. I keep thinking, oh, my gosh, I really need to feed this little guy. But then I look at him and I think, oh, my gosh, I don't know where he'd put in anymore. <laughs> He's so tiny. <laughs> and yeah. I kept telling Annette, Annette, Doc is really, really tiny. And she was, okay, Mom, yeah, I believe you. He's tiny. She got home and she looked at him and she said, oh, my gosh. He's even tiny, tinier than I thought. I said, I know, I couldn't even describe it to you. <laughs> three pounds, I don't know where the three pounds is on him. <laughs> uh, but we're having fun with him. And he's Ooh. even learned to go potty on the pee-pee pad. So what's he's, his breed? What, what breed of dog is it? He's a purebred schnauzer. You, I, you make him sound smaller than a chihuahua. Oh, he is. Mm. At, at this point in time, he is. He was born, what, nine weeks ago. So, But uh, he must have been really tiny nine weeks ago. Um, Did you get to meet the mother, at least? No. Uh, we've met... We met another dog who's the same size as the mother. Uh, he's not going to get real big, but he'll be um, between a mini and a standard size. So he'll be an okay size dog where I won't be falling over him all the time. Uh, he'll get bigger. I think his legs have even gotten a little longer now. His belly's not an inch from the floor anymore. It's about two and a half inches from the floor now. He's just 
tiny. <laughs> and he's smart. He's smart, smart. I can't believe how smart that boy is. He he just learns really fast. And and he's good. He lets me sleep. Uh he got me up two mornings, uh two nights throughout the night, and then he's been letting me sleep until six and then seven and then eight o'clock yesterday. Um but uh today Russell got him up. I don't know what time. He let me sleep till ten. That's all I got. Well, I'm glad that he's letting you sleep and he's a good little boy. And then he'll he'll get a little bigger so you don't step on him and squish him. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, so many times I have accidentally stepped on his little foot or, or him. Oh, I'm walking around the house gingerly. Yeah, sound sounded like it wasn't a good idea to me because it's like these little critters running around. I mean, the cat does it to me all the time. And she knows better, and I can kick her. I mean, I haven't done it on purpose, but she'll... She runs in front of my feet. I mean, it's like... Am I to blame if I kick her and she was the one that ran in front of my feet? But she screams. She screams and it gives me a heart attack every time. Then I feel (laughs) guilty and I'm going, but I'm not guilty because she ran in front of me. (laughs) It was a game when the girls were alive. It was a game with them. Let's see who can trip mom first today. (laughs) They did the same thing yours does. But Furlock doesn't do that. He's he's good. He does not do that to us. Well, he's a good boy. So, okay, so we've got like six minutes in this first hour. What what's what's been happening out there, Walt? Have you done anything or heard anything or watched anything? You're you're asking the you're asking the guy that never leaves this cave. Uh, boy, you got got a good news for you. <laughs> I know, but sometimes you look at something like on video and you've got some story to tell what was it I was watching something I was going to tell you guys about it what the heck was it it was one of one those... of the trials no this was some some science thing that you know you, you it's anyway I can't think of it maybe it'll come to me but it was it was some kind of a thing where an answer had been given to a question that, you know, sort of nobody had understood before. I'll tell you what, what, what I was listening to the uh, the program for Radio 5G that I started telling you about, and it was listening to Mark Steele. I haven't talked to him since the COVID thing started, but listening to him was a lot of fun because he said, he says, he says, there's something wrong with people when they tell you that there's this terrible thing that's going to kill you. But the only way you can tell if you've got it is to get a test. There's just something wrong with this from the very beginning, you know? And it's true. It's like, duh, you know. Is he talking the COVID? The COVID stuff, you know. Um, oh. But they got into this this discussion about spirituality and a spiritual war. And one of the things that we say all the time is like, you know, well... 
they've got to tell you. They've got to they've got to show you in literature, in, uh, in you know, in in movies, you know, that they're going to make you into uh, transhumanist zombies, and you know, uh, because they have to have your complicit agreement to this. And I'm going like, wh- who's got this? Where's this law? Where is this law that says that they've got to tell you before they screw with you? Wh- where is it? Well, it's it's been there all the time. It's karma. Because the one thing that everybody, or you know, I think I think you have to kind of like figure it's a, it might just be a law. Is the law of karma? But if you have told somebody, look, and I'm going to put this this gun it gun out and I'm going to pull the trigger and all you have to do is say no and they don't say no do you get karma because you pulled the trigger and apparently the dark side thinks you do not get karma and so that's the way that they have to operate if they tell us that they're going to commit massive genocide of the entire planet and nobody does anything about it then they don't get any karma and I thought that that was probably the answer, the rule behind the concept of they got to get your, your consent. You do not have our consent, do we? We're not. Well, the thing, the thing about it is that they exploit loopholes because, yes, they announce they're going to do this, but here's the loophole that they're exploiting. Yeah, they announce it. But like it's a it's a joke or it's an entertainment or it's a rumor. Like for example, they, they they'll do a sci-fi movie on it, and they on the tell they tell you in the sci-fi movie that they're going to release an illness, and it's going to be whatever. But so yes, on one side they're announcing it, but in the same movement they're announcing it as a work of fiction. So you lower your your defenses because oh it's just entertainment it's um, it's not real it's fiction uh, no it's not it's not real to you but to the makers of this is very real so that that's the loophole that they keep exploiting uh, yes they're doing their part they're informing but it's how they're informing that's that's the loophole they're exploiting and the the one that they've been getting away with and the and the other thing is that. That's one part of the equation, the way that I'm seeing it. The other part is that there are so many people sold on the old reality. They miss it. They want it back. They they can't exist without that old reality. They, they want things to go back to normal. I mean, I, I look at these people and I say, I think that uh, there's a fair percentage of people that are guilty of the cabal being in power because, yes, it's true. The cabal have gotten to where they are by exploiting so many things to put them in power. Yes, fine, that's it's true that they've done that. But what about all these uh, people that enjoy being controlled? They enjoy being their slaves. They're being told they're slaves, but they want to continue being that way. They're as guilty as the cabal because they are the ones putting them in power. Remember the, uh, I, I think that was, I mean, you, you have read the Bible. I, I have not. But I, I, in the, there's a part of the Bible where, if you remember when Moses took the people into the desert. You know, they fled Egypt and they went into the desert. 
And then when he came down the, from the mountain, carrying the two, the tablets with the, the rules by, you know, the God gave him all these rules. These are the do's and don'ts of what you should do. And the command, you know, the Ten Commandments. And he came down the mountain. And what did the people do? They had more, they had made a golden statue of a, of a calf and they were worshiping it. Is that that gives you an idea of the mindset of granted at the time, but that they they didn't they could they they did not they actually wanted to worship something. They wanted to put themselves under the uh, uh, the the rule of some idol, something something to worship, something to put over you, you know, consciously you you willingly wanted you you made this thing out of gold. And you were going to put yourself at its beck and call because this is the thing that you're worshiping. And you remember, well, I remember the scene in the in the what do you call it in the, in the film with uh, Charlton Heston where he throws the tablets and they exploit they they exploit he he destroys the tablet on the head of this idol. But in in a way, it illustrates that human mentality that. They want to be ruled over. It's like Enelia says, there are there are people that enjoy that rule over. There are those that want that ruling over others, but there are those that want to be ruled. That's the, I think that those are the, the, the problem, the ones causing problem, not the cabal, because the cabal compared to the human population on the planet, the cabal is tiny. It's really small. It's what is it? A couple of hundred people or something. And yet against millions of people but those millions are the ones that loved being ruled over and being told what to do and how you should do it and whatever um i don't understand i i don't know if it's because there are people that uh they have such low such low self-esteem that they love the idea of being uh somebody telling them how they should be doing things because oh they probably know better than me whatever I don't know, but they are as equally guilty as the cabal for keeping the cabal in power. Or they're just bots. <laughs> yeah. To begin with. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, Merry Christmas. All right. We're back. It's the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's December 7th, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard and a chat room full of our friends. So, um, Walt, are you still with me? Dolly, are you still with me? Hello? Hello? I was muted. <laughs> yes, I know that feeling. Or sometimes not muted, <laughs> which can be really bad. Oh, Lord. Um, okay, so we can, um, did you want to say anything more about what we were talking about? Did you think of anything after words? What about the, uh, the, the desire to be, uh, to be lorded over by some, by uh, some entity other than you? Well, I've been seeing that forever. Like for, uh, I'll give you an example. Okay. I was born in 1959. My mother's sister was... 12 years older than me, so she was a teenager when I was a little kid. And at the time, I remember she was in love with the, the Beatles, for example. 
and I remember her watching the black and white some films of of them, like documentaries that would come up, and I would see these crowds of girls. First off, I don't know in in my mind. I mean, I'm trying to you know this is a little kid trying to understand this. First off, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. So if the music is good or bad, you can't tell because they're screaming like crazy. They're fainting. And I'm, why are they screaming? Why are they, what's happening here? Why are they acting like they're possessed? And 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 they have this, this attitude of adoration. So now knowing what I know, it makes me think that maybe they concocted some kind of DNA programming thing and they threw put it in the food so that the, the, the masses could easily be programmed into this worshipful adoration of and because if you look at the at the uh, at the industries like the movie industry the music industry all of these they just they, it's like they have a machine and they just dial out you know things for you to worship uh, musicians and singers and movie stars and, and all of these characters, your your mission in life is to be one of these celebrities. You want to be a celebrity because the, that's it. That's it. That's the summit of existence. That's the epitome of life. You want to be in the center of attention. You want to be famous because that's, it's like it's it's the farthest thing for it has nothing to do with sovereignty nothing to do with sovereignty nothing to do with liberty nothing it's just it's all made up crap so yes of course the 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 cabal they're completely guilty of being evil and destructive and the old horrible things that they do but so are the people that love being lorded over people that love being slaves they are equally guilty because if if they if nobody wanted to be a slave, nobody wanted all this, that's it. The the cabal would be rendered powerless, correct? Because nobody wants to be a slave, nobody wants to be ruled over. So you have the, the two parts of that equation is the 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 rulers and the ruled. Yes, there are rulers, but then there are people that love being ruled. So there is equally <laughs> guilty of 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 uh, perpetuating this horrible, you know, structure. Well, they wake up in time. I don't know if they will, but the, a big percentage of humanity is is waking up, and they said, "Okay, enough of this crap. We just endured it long enough. We were." <laughs> We are at the end of this game. <laughs> well, being being a decade young, older than you are, I don't remember there being that kind of hypnotic, oh my God thing, you know, the screaming, the fainting and everything, until Elvis Presley. Mm. You know, he was, he was the one that, that set that kind of response from the, from the uh, audience. I mean... And there's there's a book out there that um, written by our friend, um, oh, what's her name, Maya, uh, about Elvis Presley, and it's a really very interesting read. But he was somebody who, from when he was born, he was born a twin, and the twin died, 
and the father, not realizing there were twins, was just beside himself and walked out into the backyard, you know, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yes, Nartumid. Thank you. Thank you. Maya Nartumid. I think it's right. Thank you, Cosmic Moose. Nick. <laughs> um, so, so he goes out into the yard, and he sees this blue light coming from the house at the same time that there's all this kind of yelling. And there was a second child in there, and that was Elvis. So from the very beginning, Elvis's birth was one that was had metaphysical kind of aspects to it. I forget, there's other stories about that, that birth. But then as he grew older, he, even as a child growing up, um, he was brought up in, in, in much part by the black mom and dads in the same community, the neighbors, um, as his mom and dad were white, but of course, but the neighbors, he got, so he got a lot of uh, just living around and in and with the, the black community. And they just, you know, there's stories of some of the some of the women understanding that this was a special kid. Whatever was going to happen, he was holding some kind of a an energy that seemed special. And then when he became Elvis Presley and took over the world, he would make contact with people that were his fans and carry on telephone conversations with them about spirituality because in his own life with the colonel and the money makers that were making so much money off of him, they they were afraid he was going to run off and be a preacher. And they really controlled him in many, many ways. And as he got older, he would say, I'm not going to live long because I'm, I'm burning up. I, I, I was here to do something, and he thought that he was from uh, the Star Rigel uh, in the Orion Belt, and Ryan system and he was just full of this energy of spirituality that may have 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 been seen by those people Walt by those girls and the boys because there's stories throughout the book about yeah my wife was really crazy about him but I didn't think anything until I saw him and apparently if you were part of that you know, audience, he had some kind of a spell. So what I'm just putting out on the table is that sometimes these people are just, they really do meet somebody that they should pay attention to, you know, because he was always talking, you know, metaphysics to people. He'd supposedly be having these orgies with these young girls, and he'd have the young girls in his his, uh, hotel room, and he'd be talking metaphysics and Christianity and spirituality to them. <laughs> he wasn't into the sex thing. He wasn't into the drugs. The only illegal drugs that he took were given to him by the colonel and the others to control him. Fascinating different perspective on one person. But when we were talking about this, um, somebody brought up the fact that he also liberated people to dance. I mean, up until you you run into Elvis Presley, you you, you did the waltzes and, you know, it it was just, it wasn't rock and roll. It wasn't moving your body. It wasn't moving your hips. And, you know, so much of what we know about 
the chakras and energy systems and you know you you need to to flex your <clears throat> centers you need to that movement to really begin to uh let's say activate your kundalini powers and you know maybe that's what he was sent here to do to get people to start dancing to move their hips to feel their bodies to become alive in many ways so when the beatles came around i i've not heard the same kind of you know that they're awe-inspiring human beings it was like by that time it became a thing to do but i i mean they did have some good music and it was it was music that you know resonated with people to get to get them going but um there seems to be something different between when Elvis first put it out there with a, a real spiritual energy behind it. Um, and you can re- read it in the book, you know. It's <clears throat> the, the Beatles' uh, followers were more like a cult. Um, and I knew many girls who would go there and faint and be carried off and, oh, <sighs> I look at him and I say, what, what makes this so super exciting for you? What, what do you feel? What makes you faint for them? I, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid, evidently. Um, but they just said, it's a, it's a, just a thing, Dolly. It's a thing that comes over you. And I never got it. I never, never really understood it. But I, I liked Elvis too. I mean, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be buried with Elvis records. I don't even have them anymore. <laughs> but um, I really could see why people would like Elvis. I enjoyed his. Singing, I enjoyed his rhythm. I enjoyed being set free because that was at a time when we had oh, what was that show that came out uh, where the kids were all dancing and the parents and the and the administrators said they couldn't and Footloose, Footloose came out then too, and it it really was like a freedom for the teenagers that Elvis Presley allowed and the Footloose came out and that even sealed the deal. So uh, I can see there's a big difference between Elvis crowd and the Beatles crowd. Yeah, I'm kind of suspicious that they saw the dark side, saw Elvis and what he was able to do with the crowd and so then just worked on, you know, creating that kind of energy. Who knows? Maybe they were blasting them with an electromagnetic energy that made them zombies. <laughs> you know? And why are there so many zombie movies? Are they trying to tell us something? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were because look at the people who, um, look at some of the people who get these shots the, uh, that are the experimental human DNA shots they aren't the they aren't real vaccination so, 
you see some of them and they got this blank stare on their face. They don't have, the light isn't even on. And you know there's nobody home. It, to me, when I run into these people, I just want to, uh, I want to say a prayer for them and get away. Yeah, it's it's what Anelia Benz says. It, it it the soul is still there, but it's unable to communicate with the body. There's a disconnect, and you're seeing it. You're seeing, especially the eyes. The eyes was the dead oh, giveaway. Yeah. 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 Right. So they're just running on their own cruise control, and what that's why there's all these uh, instinctive reactions where they're not thinking rational human reaction but when you see these thing these people fighting and or driving their car like they're insane you can see it's all like animal instinct kind of reaction not not a, a reasoning individual type of reaction oh russell so, and i experienced that well when we were going to get doc so we were on uh 95 south all of a sudden there's this yellow car screaming up behind us and pulling over beside us on the passenger side, waving her arms out the window. I don't know what what words she was saying. And, and I looked at her, and she had that, this wildness look all over her body, not just her eyes. And I, I looked at her like, what the heck is wrong with you? And then um, a, a plaza pulled, was on the side. And so she she ran around the car that was in front of her so she could pull off the exit into the plaza. Russell said, maybe she had to pee really bad, but why did she do that with us? <laughs> I said, I don't know. It was absolutely a wonder why I, I had no explanation neither did Russell I said did you cut her off he said no she came from way back I said maybe she doesn't like red trucks <laughs> it's the only thing I could come up with but people are acting stranger and stranger well, all the time anyone who is walking around like that you know, disconnected from their soul, there are prime candidates for complete kind of for uh, uh, consciousness control. I mean, there since the the soul can't communicate with that body anymore, well, somebody else will plug in and take off with it with that uh, meat suit because they they do want these meat suits. So wow, was crazy. So you want to listen to Jacine? Yes. <laughs> yes. What's her name? <laughs> All right, we'll give her. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll play another one. This one's shorter, and it's the Maxwell trial: truth and fiction. Sounds like fun. This new drug-free toenail fungus treatment is destroying the foot oh, care nice. market. Yep. Want to know how to get rid oh, of your toe fungus ugly. for good? Then you must see this stunning toenail transformation. Carol by Janine. I'm doing good. I'm going to need you guys to use your imaginations and think about what I might be talking about because I'm not going to be able to name names or uh, 
yeah, get into some of the details. I'm going to have to talk around everything. And that's why I chose to do this topic in the format of a zodiac spread. So I'm going to talk about this trial that's going on that we've waited a long time for. Okay. Uh, we don't get to see it. It's not televised. It's uh, all drawings and sketches. Okay. Some people are thinking the whole thing's theater. And some people think, uh, you know, the, the black hats are in charge of it uh, because of the judge that was chosen. And there's all kinds of things, you know, that happened even leading up to it. And then other people think it's a white hat op. And, and who knows why they would be putting on something like that if that really was the white hats. Or is it, is there actually this thing going on? And is it actually going to be in any way a fair trial? So I'm going to look at it as if the trial itself is a client of mine. And I'm going to do a big zodiac spread on them. So in the root of it, so the fourth house will really have a look at, you know, likely that's where we'll figure out who's really in charge of this thing. So I'm going to look at it and just see what I get. And we're going to look at it, like I said, through a zodiac spread. So bear with me when I talk around things, okay? Because obviously there's a lot of things that could come out in the trial and would name many, many famous names. That's why this is such an important topic and why I want to talk about it. So let's have a look. That's quite a spread. The thing itself. So the ego of this thing, this trial the ego of it. So we've got, well, it's actually coming up as justice. So that's interesting. And across from it is the moon. Okay. So the relationship with the trial itself. So this could even be us. So we don't necessarily trust it. Okay. Us, the people watching. Okay. Uh, we're looking at it and we're not really trusting it. We don't trust that justice will be served in this trial. Most people are leery of it because, you know, people like this woman do tend to get away in the past, have got away with things. I understand why we don't trust because leading up till now, we've had lifetimes of dealing with this bunch. Okay. And I feel like, um, yeah, that's created the lack of trust, but the ego of the trial itself is actually coming up as the king of swords. And the king of swords is fair and he's really well aspected with that two of cups and the ace of wands. So I have a feeling we have a white hat op going on. I have a feeling that the true situation is not being shown and that justice has already been into motion around this woman. Okay. And likely the, the fellow, right. That was, you know, her partner. I think the two of them have long been rounded up. Uh, like the fellow that they say took himself off the earth plane, apparently in that prison situation. I don't believe that ever happened. And of course we, I looked into that a long, long time ago. And so we think justice will not be done but it is looking like justice is actually already been done. Okay. And even a year ago, this could have been already gone on in the background. So I think she's already been dealt with people or she's being dealt with. 
but not in the public way we're seeing, which is partly why they've got, I think this is a white hat op and they've got uh, the whole thing is for show and it's part of the movie. And uh, we'll keep looking and see why are they doing it exactly. So a lot of people involved, okay, so this is the more practical, that's the second house. So very practical, literal sort of, and the value of the trial, okay. So a lot of people involved have already made deals, okay. So even the judge they chose could all also be facing justice, okay, and have made a deal to play this out. Okay, so uh, the White Hats have a reason why they're playing this out. So watch carefully because there's going to be a whole bunch of things uh, brought out in this that may not be the way you would expect them to. So it could look like we're getting um, shenaniganed again. Okay, so the trial doesn't go our way again, at least part of it or part of the way. And then it could do a flip. That's one way that could happen with that two of pentacles. Or it could actually a whole lot of really good things, even though it'll appear like the bad guys are in charge. It'll show us just how they would want to run a trial. We might have another flipping situation here where the whole thing flips. So I'm going to have to disagree that uh, she's going, it's going to go to a miss, a mistrial. I don't believe that's going to happen, actually, because the world here, I think we're going to have a conclusion. We're going to have a conclusion. It might may go badly for a time, and then I get a flipping. Okay, so this, this five of, of swords. Hey, so check it out. A new nanotechnology invented that gives 300 times zoom and hooks up to your cell phone. It's called of swords in the daily routine across from the ace of wands. So this is in the daily. So as we watch it daily, we're going to have some setbacks and we, we are, it will look like it's not going our way for a while. Then we get a flip situation. So this won't last long. We'll get a flip and I got a feeling we're going to, we're going to see this thing turn around. Okay. Which will show a signal from the white hats that uh, they're actually in charge. So they're going to show us, maybe not at first, and the outcome. So we got the world. So this is by this time next year. So how do we, how does everything look? Comes to a really, really good. Um, we're, we feel like we have closure on the whole situation by this time next year with that world. Okay, so this could take some time. I think this trial is going to go into the, definitely not, be uh, sewed up by Christmas. It'll absolutely go into the new year. Likely February, uh, maybe we have finally uh, the, the conclusion of it. Might be in February, it looks like. Okay, but the whole thing looks like a big movie. Okay, and deals were already struck with everybody. So everybody involved, or so they say is involved, because we don't even know, we're just seeing drawings. Okay, so this is in the fifth house. Yeah, they're going to get really creative. And like I said, half of it, so half the trial is going to look bad for us, like people watching who had, you know, a vision of where this should go. Like, we'll feel bad about it. Everybody that watches shows like what you're watching right now. I feel like for the first half of it, it's going to go bad. Then there's a surrender moment and the whole thing starts going the other way. Now, we've got the death card here, slowly but surely, and we've got the Hierophant. Okay, so the whole thing is going to show us the slow, inevitable ending 
of dark cult rule. So the death card across from the Hierophant, the whole thing is going to out these, these guys at their true, what was really going on, you know, not just, uh, not just what was brought to trial because we know that even the charges weren't really representing that was going on here in, um, on that island, on those flights. You know what I mean? In those properties, we'll really get a glimpse into it, especially by the second half of this thing. And we get to actually have a closure and a conclusion here. And I think it does out a lot of huge people, celebrities, you know, uh, of course, they're spending time at the beginning uh, trying to out Mr. T. <laughs> okay, but I got a feeling all of that's on purpose. So it's all part of the movie. And there's going to be a flip. Okay, so here we've got that Ace of Wands. So the Ace of Wands, that's in the message. Okay, let's actually look at this surrender card just for a minute here. So that's in the 11th house. The 11th house. So people, places, groups, surrender. I think a really large amount of people will get named in this. Uh, but all of all of the naming, all of those people have already been rounded up. So nothing you hear in the actual trial and none of the details uh, are any news to the, the White Hats. The White Hats have already rounded these people up and are dealing with them. I mean, every single one, it looks like. You know, if you're sitting around thinking negative, like you're going to get shenaniganed again with this trial, uh, think again, because I got a feeling we need to um, understand we're watching a movie. So we've got that Ace of Wands. So the message from the universe the message from the universe, Ace of Wands. So even though it will look and be frustrating and a lot of things will go what appears to be the dark cult way, okay, the first half of the trial for sure, uh, trust that things will, it'll actually flip and things will come out. And the whole thing is meant to out and really show you what these people are capable of and what they do. Okay, but then all of a sudden, uh, we get a flip in it and things start to go our way and we start to really see really what this whole thing's all about. So we've got this high priestess right in the middle. So the high priestess, so she's right in the middle. So that's kind of the mood. So secrets and hidden. So a lot of secrets and hidden information, maybe not right at the beginning. Again, it's going to feel like we're losing at the beginning because we've got this setbacks card and then we get the flip moment and then things start to really reveal themselves. Okay, now here we've got with this Hierophant, it's in the intention. So it's I'm thinking of the third house as the thoughts, words and intention of the whole thing. And it's to finally put an a real end to so the death card slowly but surely ends something forever so we're going to end the rule and all of that shenanigans they've had over us for years okay and um yeah it's it's like this is going to be one of the final signals i'm going to pull two cards just to overview 
the whole situation here. Okay, so we've got the nine. So it's been a really long, hard path. Okay, even leading up to this, this person being rounded up. Okay, what appeared to be she was given privileges because they knew where she was for a really long time. Even that rounding up looked like shenanigans to me. Okay, but then all of a sudden she got rounded up. So even though it's been a really long, hard road, the, we had to put up with the whole what appeared to be Buddy escaping justice through taking his own self off the earth plane. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, all of that was really hard to stomach. Okay, and then watching, you know, the queen's favorite son, we'll say it like that, watching him appear to escape justice as well. Well, I don't really think he did. I think he's, like I said, he's been rounded up. So have all the senior royals, by the way. And here we've got that three of, so we're going to really see the end of this hardship and where we're always on the losing end here. And that sort of speaks to that wheel of fortune I was talking about, where we get this big flip of fortune. Okay, so that's that's coming, people. And and we're so we're so this has been worked out thoroughly in the past. That's pretty wild. Okay, so watching it really carefully, I get watch really carefully. You're gonna get some really deep wisdom out of this. Okay, but the first half. Or the first part of it is absolutely not going to, we're, we're going to look like, even that part, though, if we're paying attention, you should get some really big signals as to what's really, like how these guys really operate just by watching the first part of this thing. As this is a white hat op, they've even allowed that judge to be the judge. All of that feels like it was agreed to. So the, this is that judge agreed to doing what they're doing because they don't have a choice at this point. Pay attention to the details. Don't uh, try not to react to the gut punches throughout at least the first half of this thing. It's going to go on till at least February, it looks like. Thank you so much for watching my video. And do like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. I do like her. <laughs> um, of course, she's talking about the Maxwell uh, situation. And um... this is a whoa, bag whoa, of premium whoa, whoa, organic dog food. What are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> um. Okay, so what would you guys think? Are you there? Are yeah, you I'm thinking. I'd be thinking about what she said. Um, well, she, confir she, confir she confirms that concept that you've had from the beginning, you and Jan in particular, you know, that this is theater. Yes, absolutely. That's what I think, yes. So this woman, Maxwell, what was her role in reference to Epstein? Forgive my ignorance. It's just I don't, I don't have net, network news. She was his, she was the woman who basically ran the operation. She would get the girls and bring them to him. And he would work them, you know, sexually. And then pimp mm -hmm. them out to all the big names 
So she was his employee, or she was just an, another social life associated cohort, oh. and she w- she was sexually involved with these girls too. I mean, it was all really sick. You don't um, want you don't want to know the details. Yeah, no, no wonder I didn't bother to find out. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a it, it's a horrendous story if it was just about those two people, but it. It, it it implicates, um, you know, the powerhouses of the planet. How the yeah. hell they thought they were going to get away with this one, I'm not sure. And, of course, the implication of, of you know, Trump knew him. Well, Trump knew a lot of people. And Trump was on the Lolita Express, but he flew from Florida to New York. You know, he never went to the islands. He, you know, so, I mean, it's like that's... When they started out was was pushing him, you know. Oh yeah, Bill Clinton also did this. Well, he did it twenty nine times, but Trump only went to Florida, to, to New York, you know. Um, no, it, it, uh, Jan Shaw is well. As a matter of fact, when when this show ends, Jan Shaw's show is going to start up, and I think I hope <laughs> the station does its thing right. Um, so when 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 if that show comes up, she does a day by day rendition of the trial. Walt, day one, this is what happened. Day two, day three, day four, day five. It's pretty neat. It sounds oh. like uh, this this whole case is just the tip of the iceberg because what's underneath is is more is bigger and more horrible. Well, I get well, it. Trump, I'm, Trump kicked. Um, uh, what's his name, uh, out of uh, Mar-a-Lago because he, Trump found out that guy was uh, abusing a woman, a girl, and he kicked him out. Why can't I remember his name? The bad guy. Epstein. Yes, Epstein. Okay, uh, Thromas says that no, he wasn't on the Lolita Express. It was a different plane from Florida to New Jersey. There were two people present with Trump. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, uh, you know. <laughs> so Epstein was just a, a high time roller, a big big time supplier for the Cabell, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, like. A lot of this has to do with control over these people. You know, you're having this illegal, immoral, sexual thing that's obviously going to be filmed, and then you're in their clutches forever. I mean, it's just this is the way these people work. If they want, it, it sounds like there might be also. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud that. Uh, it'd be great if they showed that there's also some kind of connection between whatever operation he had and whatever's going on underground with all, you know, all the kids that they found in cages. Because that's part of the the whole cabal thing, isn't it? Well, I I think this is slightly different. Oh. Um, because that that. Uh, organization yes part of it's probably sexual slavery but it's mostly the adrenochrome I think 
Mm. Whereas this side of it was more for, yeah, get your kicks sexually. You know, I, 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 and and the reason I think this is that there's been a lot of focus on this, and inevitably when uh, Clinton, uh, Hillary's involved in it because of one of her sidekicks assistants was involved with a Haitian I believe it was orphaned girls that they took into the this whole fiasco thing and those girls seem to not have been not, they're, they're still alive you know they know where they went so there there's also I mean there is so much rumors and so much innuendos and so much facts that we don't know we don't know what the facts are, but um, it, it to me it was two different operations. Epstein, mm-hmm. I think, was doing for an adrenochrome for getting the kids, and for blackmailing uh, the people who were uh, abusing isn't even strong enough. Who were torturing and murdering the children? That's what I think Epstein was mostly involved in. I don't. Uh, I don't follow it myself. I just pick it up here and there. It's uh, so damn depressing. <laughs> I mean, it, it truly is. I mean, that that, that whole it's concept. Awful. I think it's so complex. You, even if you wanted to draw draw a diagram of how people are connected, um, you. You can go crazy with that stuff. That guy that just died, David Steele, David, somebody Steele, or somebody David Steele, Martin, I want to say, but the the guy that just died, and he was David, anyway, David somebody Steele, he put together, I think it was four volumes, maybe let's just say three volumes, of pedophilia cases that were like, legal documents and David Steele thank you thank you Robert David Steele and he put together these books on um, pedophilia and trafficking and you know I, I don't even know what's in them but they were huge books I mean like four inches thick each one of them and he gave them away he was giving these books away so that people would know the and if you can have a you know that much and in, 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 it's it's so big that I'm with you, sort of. Like you started out this show talking about, you know, the how can these people just want to be zombies? You know, just follow the the leader type of thing. And um, you know, I I I can argue that the human race really isn't worth the time of day if you're looking <laughs> at those people and these people. You know, but mixed in with that is. A capacity to love that is just, you know, unbelievably powerful. And it's not people that are known. It's the person that, you know, loves a baby. A person that, you know, loves animals, loves... That love frequency that that part of the species, human, 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 human beings, they, they put out an energy field... That is just I don't think um, I don't think any place in the universe has it quite like it's here, and I I don't have any reason for that except that that's what I feel. There's something 
about humanity that other civilizations deeply respect. And it certainly isn't Epstein and Maxwell, <laughs> you know, or, you know, the resi resident Biden. <laughs> I love that. I love that resident Biden. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess they were, do they were doing a homage to the movie Resident Evil. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't have watched that. <laughs> that would not be my title of choice. <laughs> Did you watch it? I, I saw the first Resident Evil. The, the second ones were just, the others were just too repetitive. More of the same. I think that they told the story on the first movie and the, the, the rest is just elongating the thing. But the thing that also uh, so, so surprises me is these people that have a, a love story, um, like they accept evil as commonplace and natural that it should, like, I'll give you a case, case in point. Is it the love story that a lot of men have with the with the with the Godfather movies? My father was one of them. He absolutely worshipped that movie, and I and I saw it, and it was I found it so disgusting. And you know, it was like, is there any redeeming? What's the redeeming value of this? Every every character is a criminal. Everything is the things they do is absolutely horrible, and it's like they oh they they would worship this movie like they. Would go on their hands and knees and oh, this is the most amazing movie ever. And like, and I remember my father, he wanted to own, he would consider that, well, if you want to have a storefront in, in this area, you have to think in, to the mafia. And but that guarantees that they were, you know, they're going to protect your store and they're not going to. And I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, and he considers this as normal. That you, it's a normal thing that you every month you have to pay the mafia so that they won't destroy your, your store, and and th th I, it was beyond. I just couldn't. It just couldn't fit it into my head. I guess I was too stupid, too retarded to understand. How can this be normal? How can this be acceptable? How can this be worshipped and liked? How you know this? No. <laughs> No, my father and I did not see eye to eye on very many things. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one of them. I don't know. I never understood his love story with a with a Godfather. And I apologize to all those males in the audience who think the Godfather is the greatest movie ever made. Because uh, okay, what it, it's telling me how dark human nature is. Is that it? <laughs> I don't, Guess I'm too stupid. <laughs> so, this thing's been working so good. Um, <clears throat> I think it's one of those stories that um, may or may not have been true because the guy that wrote it, I'm trying to think of his name, but um, he somebody that I knew, a sergeant that I knew in the Army Reserves, was a friend of his. And, you know, he basically said, I don't know where he got that story because I don't think he was mafia. We didn't have mafia around, you know. I mean, it was like 
I don't know how much of that is actually true. It could have been just amazing fiction that we think is true. Well, one of the things that, uh, because I don't know if I mentioned that, like my father, he would uh, uh, would bring home from, because he worked for a store, a bookstore, and it's amazing how many books never made it to the public because in Argentina, if you think censure is bad here now with with YouTube, you don't know what it is when you grow up in a in a country that's all any book is heavily censured because they they're totally control what people are reading and I'm and I'm going back to the 40s and 50s and 60s. So he would bring home all these books that were they would come into the store and then just as they would come into the store they would go into storage because oh no the government is not allowing these books and it's not like for example the Vance Packard books you know they're forbidden in the US because he talks about the program of obsolescence in the car industry so in one of these books that he read um, it, it was not a fiction book it was some kind of historical documentary or something it actually said how the Capuchin monks in Italy, uh, I don't know what century this goes back, it credits with this order of the Capuchin monks with creating what in our days is known as the Mafia. It, it, it details and it gives deep details of, of how they would go about with their black bailing business and how they would exploit and how they would uh, make deals with the, no, with the nobility. The, there's a word in it doesn't mean the same in English as it means in Spanish. In English, you have the word indulgence, which is when you are um, doing a kind gesture for someone. Okay, I'm indulging in fine sweets or, or coffee or something. In 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 Spanish, it's the same, exactly the same word, but the significance is different. And indulgence is a special, um, how can I say it? It's like a... Uh, not not a gesture. No. It's like a special concession that you get in exchange for something else. So the the church would do these indulgences for the the, the wealthy uh, nobility in exchange for tremendous money, and that's why over the th centuries the church became a, a you know the most wealthy organization on the planet because they they would suck up all the wealth of these nobilities. So. Uh, in in one part of the the book that he was he was telling me about it, it explains how the Capuchin monks were the, the ones responsible for the initial creation of the structure that became known as the mafia. So he says they're the ones they're the ones responsible for the creation of the mafia. So I said, oh, an, another <laughs> positive thing to come out of the church. <laughs> well, the, you, the the Vatican Bank. You know that was money laundering, mafia money. That guy, oh. that guy that that supposedly hung himself from the London Bridge. Uh, oh, 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 I might not remember in his name. Begins with a C. Somebody in chat maybe remember. But he was um, a banker, and they called him the Vatican's banker. But it turned out that he was actually laundering money and this was all in God's name is the name of the book and Yallow was the author it I saw him interviewed on some talk show and he absolutely fascinated me I got a hold of the book but then right after that 
nothing never heard another word you know now you know now you hear more because some of this stuff that was kind of censored back then is getting mm-hmm. its its you know second viewing but um yeah so it makes sense that the you know some Vatican priest cult started the mafia because even now well that was back in the what would have been the 70s uh John Paul the second, no, John Paul the first, was supposedly uh, assassinated by Digitalis. Made it look like a heart attack, um, because he was going to out this connection of the mafia and the bank. Another story. Can't tell you if it's true or not. I'm just telling you it's a story, <laughs> and I'll tell you why I say that a lot now. Because even stuff that was known to be true back then, okay. More information's come out, and you find that things that weren't true are now true, and true things were not are not true. It's like I've given up trying to <laughs> trying to tell you what's really happening. All I'm telling you is what I heard <laughs> back then. <laughs> so we got two minutes here. Did you want to say goodnight to your dolly? Not too quickly. You have some time. <laughs> well, goodnight, y'all. I'm I'm glad you're. You're coming and joining us on Tuesdays and Saturdays. There's more and more people showing up. And Mona, it was really glad to see you in here again. I like your vibe. Um, yeah. That's all I have. And Thursday I'm going to be on with, with uh, Mona on her show. 2 to 4 Eastern Thursday. So, um... Yeah, and don't well, forget to send your love and gratitude to all the super soldiers out there. Yes, yes, yes. And by they, super, even they need love. Well, they, they're not. <laughs> they're, well, they are super soldiers, but not all of them have been trained as super soldiers. Um, I, I don't even know how many troops could really be involved in this, but I do know that back in um, was it 2019. They spent millions of dollars to train American normal, you know, forces, military and infantry forces, uh, for uh, tunnel warfare. So a lot of these are poor kids that didn't understand what war was really about, and and veterans who thought they knew what war was about, <laughs> only to find out it can get really, really worse, because this goes to the fundamental you know, soul of humanity. Okay. You want to say good night here, Walter? Oh, good night, everybody. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Uh, come and see us again. And tomorrow is all replays, but um, except for uh, Radio 5G, that's a new recording. It's really very good. And thank you all for being here. And hopefully we're going to get a station change that is gonna work because it didn't work earlier thank you and i'm kind of hesitating here because i forgot to look up to get the outro here and am i going to get the outro here in time maybe not we run on prayer like cars run on gas oh for heaven's sakes i can't find it there we go bye (laughs) preaching preaching the unknown You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.